What's up, Podcast World Chat Belling back at you with another a pretty really one of the coolest episodes that I've got to do in the last year and a half is in the same exact location I sit right now, Uriah Faber's Ultimate Fitness, Sacramento, California. And I, I love the MMA game. I got a ton of mad respect for MMA fighters. It doesn't matter what, you know, which area you're fighting in of the mixed martial arts but when you put it all together and you get on the level of the guy that we're talking to today and what he's done in the sport um we're going to get to what he's accomplished a little bit but we've uh, we, we all know that all you got to do is google uriah faber and understand what he did as a college wrestler as a trailblazer in the wec what he's done in the ufc now a ufc hall of famer and we got some exciting news coming up on the podcast it's getting ready to go down in the middle of the month of july 2019 so we're sitting here in his gym that he's built up. And the first thing that I want to ask Uriah is you can't really describe you in one word. And, and when, I, when I was talking to one of your friends the other day on a, on a FaceTime deal and I said, what, what's up? What is Uriah? And they said, he's a fighter. And I get that. That's what you're known as. You're a fighter. But this point in your life right now, you're 40 years old, right? Yes, sir. Just turned 40 in May. 40 years old. Yeah. And would you describe yourself as a fighter still? Are you an entrepreneur? And I want to get to what's probably the most important thing that's ever happened in your life. And I'm not assuming this, but you have a daughter now. Callie's in your life now. You and Jaslyn had a, a beautiful daughter named Callie. And I mean, that's got to be your biggest ac- accomplishment to date. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's been, it's pretty, pretty amazing. I just left the house now. I was getting to play with her and everything. And uh just puts things in a different perspective, new motivation. Um, I'm definitely a fighter, obviously, you know, to the core, but have a lot of different things that I pride myself on. And, and as of right now, being a father is top of that list. So um, it's an exciting time for sure. And uh, for those folks that have had a chance to see Callie, she's just a, just a happy, happy baby. It's been easy for us and, and looking forward to continuing to bring her up with a great attitude and, and let her know about the, the fight world and the fight mentality, but, but just about living a good life. When you say the fight mentality, when you have a daughter, do you start thinking at this time when she's, you know, she's just a few months old, it's, it, it takes on a different mentality when you start thinking of what you do this for, what you wake up with for every morning, why you go to work, why you, what you're doing right now, which we'll talk about in a second, getting ready for, but Thinking about what you've gone through in the fight game, it almost comes to full fruition, doesn't it? Your eye, like, this is what you did it all for. This girl right here with Jaslyn and the love you have for her, and now Callie. This is what the last 15 to 20 years have been building up to. And now it's almost like, can life get any better? When you talk about that word mentality, I don't know if it's genetically induced in you. I don't know if it's what, if, if you can be born with it, can you be coached it? What is the fighter mentality? Because now you have to fight for your family. You got to make sure that she's protected. You got to make sure that there's money in the bank. You got to make sure that there's food on the table. That mentality that you took from your days of wrestling when you were six years old all the way through your days in college, WC, UFC, right now is like, now it's go time, right? This is what all of that was for. Yeah, and I remember, you know, I've always been a goal-oriented guy, so I'd always have a big long list of, of goals, the short term, the long term, the midterm, and all that. And, you know, the long term is always to have uh, a beautiful family, healthy family. And, um, and I never had trouble getting motivated for fights, but this is a different type of motivation and uh, responsibility and, and uh, just awareness about things. So um, it's pretty cool, man. I mean, it really has been building up to this point, and it's just getting started. You know, I, 
there's an opportunity to have more more babies, and I'm I'm excited for that. I, uh, you know, Callie's making it easy for us to want to do that again, and I heard that's that's kind of the the jinx. You get the easy baby first, and the second one's hard. But um, yeah, I mean, I've been loving it, and and it's 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 easy to to get back into that fight mentality, and it's easy to to you know remember the the regimen and pushing through the hard stuff to get to the the stuff you really love and. And it put things in perspective to have this family set up now. And, and uh, man, I'm loving it. I can tell. You just tell by the, the glory on your face, the look in your eyes. Let me ask you something about the fight game intermingled with family. I see Cerrone doing it all the time where he's got his girl, his fiance. I think, I don't know if they're married or not. His baby in the audience. Some stuff, you know, his last fight, he didn't look good when he came out of the octagon. And I love Donald. I love what his mentality as well. But. Do you want them in the ring? Do you want her watching you fight? Let's say that let's say you had another fight when Callie was old enough to know what's going on. Do you want her to see her dad going through that, whether you're unleashing it on somebody or whether you're taking some punishment, which all fighters do? Is it something that you want her to see? Is that going to ingrain that attitude, that mentality into her? Like you want her to see what daddy goes through for her and for her mommy. Tell me a little bit about what goes through your mind of having people close to you watching you when you go into combat like that. Um, for me, I have no desire to have her watch me do anything like that. You know, she, I can be completely separated. I mean, the hard work, sure, but I, uh, you know, having a good attitude, that, that's all stuff that I'd like her to, to take, but I can kind of teach that without her having to experience her dad getting punched. Um, my mom's never been to any of my fights, and that's never bothered me. It just doesn't sit well with her. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where, where you can teach the lessons without having the baby there. And I don't knock folks that do. I know Darren Elkins is, is one of our uh, leaders on our team, a guy that, that commands a lot of respect, and he's raising two awesome kids. And he, he wants them to be present and be part of, of his fight uh, preparation, his fight you know, on, on the night and everything else. And, and he said, he said, I want them to see what, you know, hard work is and, and what it gets you. But for me, I think I'll probably just leave the baby at home. Okay. So let's, let's say a year or two down the road, you and you and jazz, you have a, a boy. Yeah. Does he follow in daddy's footsteps? Do you want him in a singlet? Do you want him cutting weight? Do you want him with the headgear on and the black eyes and the busted lips? I understand that you guys are not going to war. I understand that there's bigger things out there, but the fight game is tough. It is a hard living. I don't care what anybody says. I just watched your wrestling practice today, and I know that you guys are doing this six, seven hours a day, especially in training camp. So would you want your son... To, to follow in daddy's footsteps and go through what you've gone through. You've got, I remember the Aldo fight. When you came out of that fight, there was some bruises on your legs that made me go, oh my gosh. I remember Baj Rutan was, was interviewing and Kenny was interviewing you on Inside MMA and your bruises were hellacious. You, I mean, yeah. I hate bringing that up, but it's the, that's the fight game. Would you want your son involved? In, I know you don't want your daughter watching it, but yeah. would you want your, your boy fighting with you? I hope not. <laughs> I mean, hopefully he's smarter than I am. I, I feel like... Uh, you know, the one thing I'll always do is encourage my kids or anyone really to follow their passion in their heart. Um, and you can't necessarily choose what your kids do. Uh, so I'll support, you know, baby girl, baby boy, whatever, in whatever endeavor they have and whatever route they want to take it. But uh, I don't think I'm going to try to encourage it. I mean, this is not something you want to push 
your kids into or um, I mean this is something you have to find out for yourself you have to have the hunger yourself you have to get that uh, you know you have to have an internal thing and maybe maybe the 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 girl will have it maybe the boys will have it who knows uh, I my parents definitely didn't push me in anything my mom wouldn't let me you know do boxing and and didn't really like me playing football and wrestling because she was worried about injuries and whatnot. But, um, you know, at, at some level, you do what you want. And uh, that's always what I've done. And so I'll encourage my kids to follow their passions. But I hope they like golf or soccer or something where you're not getting guitar. your face ground in the mat. Guitar. Guitar is good, yeah. Guitar. I would like some health, healthy stuff in there. As long as, as, long as they're, they're living a healthy lifestyle, I mean, I'll probably – encourage some sort of exercise for sure whether it be swimming or running or or soccer or gymnastics uh when they're growing up but i'm not sure about getting them introduced to the fight game do you do you have any regrets i I understand you make comments like i hope they're smarter than me but with what you've accomplished in life both both with your entrepreneurial spirit your business sense the businesses that you own and operate the career that you've put together the people that you employ, you're responsible for a lot of people's livelihood. You're not, you know, you're not a slouch. So you, you, you can say things like, I hope they're smart. I mean, I know where you're going with that, but at this point right now in America, uh, worldwide with the one championships, what happened with, with, with Sage the uh, last month, do you like the fight game right now? Is it something that you still wake up and have the pride when the first when the first time they said that name, California kid, and you did your first walkout? Do you love it today in 2019 as you as much as you did back then? Yeah, definitely. And I feel like the the sport's growing. It's an exciting time to be in the mix, and that's one of the reasons why you want to throw your hat back in there. Is that the landscape's constantly changing? ESPN's now. The, the main provider of, of UFC content. We've got Bellator that's making major moves and, and they've got a lot of money and a lot of talent involved in, on the Bellator side. You've got the Professional Fighters League, the PFL, with you know giving million-dollar checks away to the, to the winners. And then you've got 1FC that is trying to do something a little bit different and... and um, you know, has some real backing behind that and some real coverage in the rest of the world. Like the amount of homes that are in, in the Asian community especially is just amazing. So um, right now is the, is the most exciting time for the sport. And I feel like every, ne- every next month, every next year for our sport has been like that since the, since the beginning. So you mix in your daughter, you mix in turning 40 years old. That's not the age that you, that, you think of a fighter anymore the fight when you think of fighters you're thinking probably 21 to 35 maybe you can correct me if i'm wrong i know that yeah Couture that's about Couture right. fought into his late 40s i know yeah that- couture henderson uh anderson silva chuck liddell tito ortiz chill son and there's a lot of guys that have Murillo bustamante uh, so is so that what you just described with what's going on with this energy around the world is that why we're going to see you back in the octagon July 14th in your hometown of Sacramento, California, the California kid, you were just inducted into the hall of fame and you were even, you were barely out of the UFC. It probably was the fastest induction in the history of sports. Like that's how good you were. And that's how much you meant to this, to the UFC. Now you say I'm coming back. Is it because you couldn't stand coming into this gym every day and knowing that you don't get that that you, that name called out and hear your fight your walkout song anymore, or was it because you wanted to show that you still had it, or was it because hey, 
this is an exciting time in this game. I want to stay a part of it. I know you don't need the money. So what makes you want to go back into you walking into this podcast today, tired as hell from training camp, ready to go back into battle? What is going on in your mind to make you want to do that? I think it's a mixture of a lot of things. I think, you know, first and foremost, um, the reason I retired was just because I felt like it. I just wanted to. I, I felt like uh, I'd had a had a pretty good year in 2016. Um, lost a world championship fight, five round decision to Dominic Cruz, um, and I was kind of thinking about it. I hadn't really been able to put my feet on the ground and run in a direction of of starting a family or settling in without the fight world. And I wanted a breath of that fresh air of having it without it. And, and the whole time, of course, I kept within the USADA drug testing pool just in case that there was a you know an intriguing fight and I stayed in the gym because that's what my passion is and part of my business and and have done a couple little competitions and grappling and whatnot and I think I've kind of had just like an inkling it's also you know you get motivated by a lot of different things you get motivated by the guys that aren't doing the right thing within the gym the guys that are doing the right thing you get to kind of take a look at the landscape of the uh of the of the fight world and and then on top of that, the UFC started offering me fights. They offered me two fights on short notice, and I'm thinking, man, they keep offering me these fights, but I'm not a guy that's going to jump in ill-prepared. So um, I just started getting myself into shape, and it sounded like it, it would be fun. I have my new baby girl. It's a motivation for me. I've got four fights left on my UFC contract that, that I've had. You know, I retired with those four fights, and... Uh, and so it just seemed like the right time. And actually, I was talking about doing it prior to the UFC coming to Sacramento. And then they threw out the Sacramento card. And I was like, all right, it's go time. And it, you don't want to wait any longer. I was 39 at the time when I decided to come back, turned 40. And I'm like, all right, let's, let's, let's do some fights. Let's have some fun. Let's make some cash and, and, uh, and, and do it in the hometown. So it just things kind of aligned in that direction. And it was like felt like things kept pushing me in that direction. When, when a guy like Uriah Faber makes that call, it's just time for me to retire. I've, I just felt like it. Does somebody like Dana White say, no, 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 you're not? Or is he like, you know, thank you. Obviously, we know the respect Dana has for you. But is he kind of taken like, whoa. Because when I look at you, you don't look 40. You look like you're 25. So I'm not kissing your ass. I have no need to. I'm just saying that you're in great shape. You're going to stay in great shape your whole life. It's your mentality. A lot of wrestlers are like that in, in most cases. But what was his reaction like? I'm just wondering, like, is somebody like Dana, like, pissed off that they're losing somebody like Uriah? And then they're at the other end of the spectrum when you say, hey, I am coming back when they finally do offer you the right fight? No, Dana's, he's, he's the least pushy guy when it comes to guys fighting. I mean, he's, if somebody feels like they're going to retire, he's like, yeah, retire. <laughs> you know, if you feel like you want to come back, yeah, come back. He's not like a guy that tries to talk people into this or that. Um, you know, there's opportunities come up where, you know, like a Sean Shelby will call me and offer me a fight on two weeks notice. And, and Dana has to okay, yay or nay that call, I'm sure. But it's not like he's like, you know, trying to pull guys out or trying to push guys into things. He's he's a guy that's like, hey, I want I want the guys that want it. I want the guys that that know what they want, and um, and he's just there to promote. So um, I'm sure he's. I know for sure the fight that they had offered me here originally was Cron Gracie at 145 pounds, a weight above, and I know that Dana was pretty pumped on that idea, but that 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 fell through. 
And so, you know, there's diff- different little matchups that uh, I think he'll probably get excited for. But at the end of the day, he's not a push or shove kind of guy when it comes to get- getting guys in and out of the fight game. So this the opponent is Simon at 135 pounds bantamweight. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you study this guy right now? Does, is this, when you see this matchup, did you know it was right for you? Or were you already, or is it just go time no matter who it was that they put in front of you if it was at the right weight? Um, you know, I was, I was trying to find the bigger fights. Uh, and the, and the, ones, the one that was offered was the Kron one. That would have been a big fight at 145 pounds. Um, but I'm a 35-pounder. Uh, then they also had talked prior about a Cub Swanson fight, but he's on a little bit of a skid right now. And so they said it just didn't make sense for anybody, for either weight class. And so I said, hey, well, I'm a 35-pounder. If I'm going to be in the mix, you know, I want to be in the mix for any big opportunity, and that's going to be at my best weight at 135. So uh, they, then we started looking at, at the landscape of 135 and who's out there to fight, and, you know, the the options are 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 less and less. They just chose a tough guy that they knew is a is a grinder, is an up and comer, is a talented guy that they they probably want to promote as well. And and uh, that was Ricky Simone. And I said, well, who else you got? And they're like, dude, you know, TJ's out. Henry's fighting Marais for the uh, world championship. Uh, Dom's out. Everyone's out. He's like. You know, this, this, this fight will be a good fight. The guy's tough. And so I watched the fight, and I said, all right, let's do it. When you said Henry, you're talking about Cejudo? Yeah. Is that your ultimate matchup right now at 135s? Is that what you're reaching for? Is his, he's, he holds the belt at 135s. So is, and he also holds the belt at 45s? 25s. Or 25s and yeah. 35s. So is that and the what, Olympic gold medal. And the Olympic gold medal. Yeah. So is your, is your end goal right now to get that belt from Cejudo? Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not in a, in a mindset to go and make the next step. The first step is the task at hand. I want to have a great performance. I want to have my best performance, get the win. Um, you know, put my, put my own best effort out there and get the result that I want. And I can think about all the rest later. He did call me out and I mean, there's no, there's nothing more exciting to me than fighting somebody that could be the best uh, of all time, possibly. He beat Demetrius Johnson. He beat T.J. Dillashaw. He's he's beat you know numerous guys at the highest level. He's an Olympic gold medalist. So that is super exciting for me as a competitor to to have an opportunity to compete and 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 try to one up a guy that is you know on that pedestal for sure. But Step one is the task at hand, getting in there and here in Sacramento and, and doing my thing. So how was the first day of training when you've made that decision? I'm coming back. You got the fight, Simone. He's 15-1. and one. He's an up-and-comer. He's going to be promoted by the UFC. He's a tough kid. He's a grinder, like you said. What was that first day back when you drove to the gym, knowing that you weren't just coming to coach, you weren't just coming to mentor, you weren't just coming to sit down and go through your AR and your AP and sit down with your business manager? You were, coming, you were getting back in the fight game. Is it just a total different way of going to bed that night and waking up that morning? It is a little bit, and I had prepped for it, of course. I, I, I took about two months prior and, and part of the reason I decided to jump back in is because I accepted a, a grappling match in London um, with a, a phenom kid and, 
And so I started, I made, I made sure that we had a weight class to hit 145 and I wanted to get my weight down. So I was already prepping for that. And the more I was prepping for just jujitsu, it just made me want to prep for everything because that's my passion. You know, I, I love jujitsu. I love wrestling. Um, but, you know, I really love being a mixed martial artist. So just getting in the mindset of training for that fight, which was, you know, four months ago now, as far as training goes, um, was kind of a kickstart. But then once you, when you, when you agree, sign on the dotted line and make the commitment, it is, it's a little, it's a little nerve wracking. You don't know how your body's going to feel because I've never been out of the gym, but I usually train two, three times a week. Uh, mostly just jujitsu hard goes cause I, it's my favorite way to get in shape. I'm going with the top guys in the world. I jump in and some sparring every once in a while, but not, not completely. When you're training for a fight, you have to do a couple of things. First and foremost, you have to be prepared to train when you do not want to train, which is what can separate the top guys from, from the guys that are pretty good. Um, you have to accept that your body's going to feel like crap, and, uh, and that's normal. Nick's injuries, bruises, a little bit hungry, always thirsty, you know, that, that kind of situation. So um, that takes some getting used to. And, and, and as far as the, the things that I've enjoyed most about jumping back into a camp is just the appreciation you have for other stuff. Like food tastes so much better when you're friggin' starving and you've been burning, you know, four or 5,000 calories in a day. You're just, you cannot wait to eat. You cannot wait to sleep. And, and so you get an appreciation that I almost forgot about after two and a half years of retirement where you got a little extra energy saved up so you're not as hungry all the time and you eat, but you don't get the enjoyment out of it. So it's, it's one of the, the few things that I, that I really like, was surprised that I missed. If you if if fight shape is a ten, where were you on that spectrum, one to ten, when you first when you came in between the grappling match in London and your first day for this fight with Simone? Um, I was probably about a six. About a six. Are you yeah. a ten right now? With your, I mean, yeah. we're, we're talking about two weeks out, right? Yeah, about three weeks out. Three weeks two out. Two and a half weeks out. So yeah. is the heavy grind done, or when does the heavy grind? Are, is, will there be another sparring match? Are you still rolling? Because you want to stop. What do you stop about seven or eight days out? So there's no yeah, injury. Yeah, probably like nine days out, something like that. Um, I'll be sparring tomorrow. That'll probably be my last hard, hard spar. Then I'll do a boxing sparring on Saturday. Um, then I'll probably do a, a, a controlled light sparring the next Wednesday and then that'll be it. And then you're doing mitt work and you're doing your running and you're drilling and, and that kind of thing. So, um, the weight cut is going to be, you know, that's always a bitch. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm the hay is in the barn as they say. And I'm, and I'm fluctuating. My weight fluctuates like eight pounds in a day because I'm feeling all the way up and then going all the way to empty. So it's a constant, you know, ebb and flow, but, uh, hard work's done. It's, it's getting that, that preparation that that doesn't stop and then you finally get to rest a little bit and, and I look forward to that last week of cutting weight because it's relaxing but it's also hard I mean it's a it's a nice little balance during the final X last week Jordan Burroughs gets up on the scales and he's a tiny tiny bit overweight they give him 15 minutes to make weight before his match he's going to fight best out he's going to wrestle best out of three with Imar Imar is a stud Jordan Burroughs is a little bit shaken, I think, ends up, you know, beating him in a two out of three deal. The mentality of the weigh-in, is it something that ever 
causes anxiety in a fighter's mind to where what if, or are you so dead on with your diet that there's no chance that you're going to step onto that, that scale and flex your muscles and be overweight? Or is there a chance that it ha- has it happened before? Can it happen this fight? Or are you just so dialed in by the time that you weigh in the day before the fight on January 3rd or J- July 13th that it's, a, it's going to be a done deal for sure? Um, I've never missed weight. Never have. No, and, and since I was 13, 12 or 13. So uh, how long is that now? Holy smokes. 27, That's 27 years. years never missed weight never missed weight one no. time and i don't think it's ever easy it's almost like like guys that are good at jujitsu what do you walk around at your eye sorry for interrupting um i was when i was in retired weight i was 160 about between 161 and 165 so you're 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 cutting 30 pounds from what you were walking around in the last two and a half years yeah that's not uh, I mean, that's not five pounds. That's no, a lot of weight. That's 30 pounds. And, then, and when I was 164, I felt like, I mean, I could roll two hours straight, no problem. You know, you're carrying a little extra extra weight and, and everything, but I'm in great shape at 164. Uh, you know, just just strong and healthy, and and uh, but a little, little extra body fat, but that doesn't mean you're out of shape. It's just dad bod, you know? <laughs> I like how you look at me when you say dad bod. <laughs> So you made a comment the other day, and, and if you don't want to answer this, you don't have to, and I might be reading into this a little bit, and I, it might have been an inside joke, but you said something about the retirement of Chel Sonnen after his loss to Mashida and Bellator the other night. Was this, when you said obviously undefeated, was it a joke, or I, I couldn't figure out, I really tried to dissect it because I, I've tr- I, I try to break that man down. I don't really know what's going on there. I don't, I, I don't know him. But was that an inside joke? Was it a, was it an insult? Are you buddies with Chell? Because it, it's almost like when I listen to his podcast, it says the highest earner out of all all MMA athletes. He's beat every fighter at every division. Da 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 da. And I'm sitting there going, I mean, the the. It, <laughs> freaking Mashita destroyed him. His last fight, he got he got smoked by. Fedor. I thought he won that fight against Mashita. Did you? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> what is what did that mean what did that mean like tell me Dude. what is going on in a mindset like that is it just always marketing and commercializing himself all the time Dude. or what did that comment mean are you allowed to talk about it? i don't yeah, even know yeah yeah no chael's my buddy man i've known chael since college we wrestled i wrestled at davis and he wrestled in oregon and he's a friggin' crack up i mean he just denies till he dies, and he uh, <laughs> he claims he's undefeated. I I, I talked about it on our podcast, but uh, when Chael, when I, I had lost either Dominic Cruz or Brow, and he just said, uh, "Sorry," he says, "I'm sorry." He texts me, "I'm sorry for your loss," and then he put dot dot dot. I can't relate. I've never lost, Chael. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a little bit of an inside joke. He also just had TJ Dillashaw on his podcast. was like coaching TJ through how to do his PR for, for being a cheater, basically. And uh, so it was a little bit of that. Uh, but Chael, Chael's, he's, he's, a, he's a good friend Is of mine. Is he the guy that you want to go drink a beer with at Makuni and have a, a sushi roll with? Is he the guy that you want on your side in a fight? Is he a badass? Chell is a badass, right? Like, he, he's a legit fighter. He's just never really put it together all the way. Or So, Chael is a businessman 100%. He's a competitor 100%. Um, he was a nasty Division One wrestler. Um, and, and he's, you know, he's beating the crap out of Anderson Silva, and then Anderson Silva caught him. Uh, with a with the triangle at the last minute, so 
he's had his moments of, of near greatness. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's just a unique character. I mean, he, he really is. He doesn't drink, by the way. He's like a super moral guy on a lot of different levels and then not so much on the other levels, which is a comical thing. Like, you know, the way his personal relationships are with, with his wife and, and, you know, in the past, I know he's like a, a super strict guy in a lot of regards, uh, doesn't do any, you know, drinking or, or marijuana or anything like that. But he's obviously done some, some PEDs for, for, uh, for his, his, his fighting career and, and he's talked his way into some amazing fights, but he's also had to, had to earn his way in there. You don't just, I mean, not, not Joe Schmo off the street can just talk. So um, he's a master of uh, spinning things. That's the way. He can be a villain. Is he a genius? Is he, is he smart as they A little come? bit. He's, he's, he's just like a, yeah, he, and, and, and from a business standpoint also, like he's, he's a clickbait machine for his podcast stuff. He'll like, whatever the hot topic is, he'll chime in and do, say something controversial and he'll, you know, he knows how to make a buck. He's got his own promotion for grappling and he's doing that. He's, he's, he's juggling a lot of balls. He's just a very intelligent guy and he's modeling all, all of it after the WWE Stuff. He was a big WWE fan, yeah. and so he's he follows like how you become the heel and then you become the hero and how people are always changing and this and that. And he's he's intelligent about it. So when you talk, when you just said the words about T.J. Dillashaw, when what's happened with his relationship with you and your gym and the history of the Ultimate Fighter and and the No Love and what does that do with those two wins against No Love? What does that say? Like. Is it safe to assume that he's been doing them? I mean, you can't really say that, oh, this was the first time he's ever done it, or <laughs> is it just the first time he's got caught? I mean, what does that do to the mentality of you and your gym when you know what's going on there? Or was it something that you guys just have to let go and let let history you know, take care of itself? Because Cody Nolove was literally when he fought Dominic, it was an amazing performance, and he won the right. belt. And then DJ, TJ comes in and does what he did after the Ultimate Fighter, and no love hasn't been the same since, in my opinion. Now, I'm not saying that he is not a badass. By all means, he is. His last fight, I thought that his game plan was a little bit off when he started throwing, getting in there and, and just kind of doing the dirty boxing. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I was texting you that night of the fight. Yeah. Um, what does that say, though, Uriah? What do you say? Like, when that comes out and it's made public and he's in for two years, he can never fight again. Do you sit there and go, no, then these fights got to go back. We got to rerun these. They can't count against No Love's record. Or is it, is it just, hey, TJ beat him fair and square? Uh, you know, you can't really say anything because I've seen it time and time again. Guys get caught with stuff and they just come back in and do their, you know, say their things, do the political circles and 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 say they're sorry and everything else and come back um now cody had had called that out a long time ago about tj he actually tweeted about it years prior and um there's been you know like a knowledge apparently about his stuff uh, and what he's been doing for a long time um i've never been in the know i was not part of the cool cool group that, that knew the details, but I started to hear more and more about it. So um, it's not fair, but at the end of the day, you can't sit and cry over spilled milk. It's not the only thing that contributed to the to losses. TJ is also a hard worker. He's also, he was a part of this team for six years and, 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 you know, 
has done his homework on top of being looking for every edge, even if it's illegal. Uh, Cody needs to be injury free and, and firmly focused and, and that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, I can hold my head high and know that I've never touched one PED or even thought about it. And I don't really know the details on, on the science behind it either and how these guys are. I, I know that guys are, are getting by this extreme testing. I just knew it. I've known it because I've, you know, you start hearing the details and this happens and this happens and it makes me frustrated and angry. But at the end of the day, I've just realized that the promoters, they'll, they'll follow the rules and regulations, but they just want, they just want that money at the end of the day. And so they're, you know, when the big fights happen, they, they're, they're there to cash in as long as all the rules have been followed, even if it's, uh, the rule is suspension for two years and not like a lifetime ban or whatever the deal is. Uh, the promoters are like, all right, you know, let's get the, let's get the, the circus back, back together and, and, you know, get the injured bear whose paw was, was, uh, messed up back in the, in the mix and everything else. So it's, it's, it's kind of disheartening, but at the end of the day, you can only control yourself and, and you can't, Go back and fix things. So you can't. You say you can only control yourself. What about your team here at Team Alpha Male? Is this mentality driven through every fighter that walks through those doors that you will not participate in that kind of lifestyle and what's you know quote unquote being a cheater? I know you can only say it so many times to them. Yeah. But is that mentality preached here? Uh, well, it is by me, and 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 I'm the founder of this team, and and somebody that's led by example. Like you talked about, I've been in, inducted in the Hall of Fame. I've been a world champion, a top contender. And so all I can really share is my own experiences. But I do that in a lot of different levels. I talk about my opinion on whether or not I put certain substances in my body, like marijuana or, or you know, the fast food or whatever the deal is. And, and so I can only lead by example. But at the end of the day, this is not a junior high or a high school. This is a group of individual adults that have their own goals and their own influences and their own interpretations. So uh, I only lead by example and I don't uh, delve too much. I worry about myself and, uh, and I hope that my guys are following in the footsteps and, and my, my, my gut is that the guys are. And, but I had that same feeling about TJ and, and then I found out later after he left the team. I want, I, you, you've, been a mentor or coach with some of the like some of the baddest ass fighters in the game not in counting yourself like you walk into a place to where you say you're the founder and you you have founded something here that's become a gold mine for champions and i want to talk about one fighter that is a mutual friend of ours obviously he's a lot closer to you and everybody knows your history with chad money mendez what is going on with him and i, I i'm getting a straight answer out of him i think that he's not fighting anymore I hate that because I was just talking with your guys' manager at the Aaron Lewis concert the other night, and I looked at him. I said, look, I think he's one of the most special fighters to ever be in the octagon. In my opinion, I think he could have been one of the best. I don't know if it was dedication. I don't know if it was training. I don't understand what it is, but does it hurt you inside internally, Uriah, to see somebody with that much talent just walk away, or is it just a mad respect game where like, hey, go raise your family. Him, you know, him and Abby have had a little baby now, yeah. and 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 and." It, as his good friend and mentor of what you've been to him, do you try to talk him out of it? You know, I've, I've said something like, man, I would love to see you fight one more time or whatever. And, and I don't know exactly where his head lies on whether he will or not. I do know that Chad 
is one of the most talented guys I've ever encountered as an athlete. He can kick flip, he can throw football, he can do a backflip, he can wrestle, he can he's strong as hell, he's explosive. Um, so he's got some great gifts and and this this fight game is not fairy tale land. He's been right there for the belt a couple of times and, and you've got other guys with, with gifts like a Jose Aldo or a or a Conor McGregor also. And then sometimes the the chips lay you know, perfectly down for a guy, and sometimes they don't. And I, th- I feel like there is some luck involved on top of um, what you're putting into it. Chad has always been a guy that follows his heart and his passion, and he's loved being an athlete. He loved wrestling. Um, but this is a hard life, and he's done it for a very long time, and he was really, really good at it. He made uh, a massive name. He made some, some great money. He made a lot of great connections, and, and I feel like his true passion right now is hunting, and and guiding and doing business and and his family so um will that change for him and could he step in at a drop of a hat absolutely um what does he want to do right now that's a question you have to ask him um for me i i just like and you know enjoy the guy's energy if you're around chad it's like an uplifting type of energy it's it's positivity it's it's a good time, you know, and, and he brings that to his fins and feathers business and to the to, to everything else he's doing. So um, he's in a place right now where he's worked really, really hard to get what he's got, and he's and he lives within his means. He's not a guy that's, you know, buying crazy cars and gold chains and, and whatnot. He, he, he lives a comfortable life, and he's building towards something else. So um, can he jump out and have a fight whenever he wants? Absolutely. Does he want to? I'm not sure. On the same on the same lines as as a coach and a mentor of these guys, and to see how hard Clay Guido is working today and what he's got done in the ring, he's getting ready to be inducted into the Hall of Fame as a fight. Um, one of his fights against Diego Sanchez. Right. What kind of guy is Clay Guido? Does he does he also have that infectious personality to where you're just like, man, I wish I could wake up to you every morning and yeah. in in, in, a, in like a friendly way, yeah. but just wake up to that every morning and be like, dude, that's like a, like the best cup of coffee you can have is being around him or a Mendez. And, and I'm sure you're yeah. the same way. I don't I, I I don't know you as well as I know those two, but is is he? Am I am I right in saying that? Oh man, Clay is like a like a cup of fresh water. He's 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 like a like I, he came and and came to be a permanent part of our team. He's been a friend of our team for a lot of years, um, for over a decade more. Um, but to come be a permanent part of our team a few years ago, and it was during a super stressful time for me, where I had Dwayne Ludwig trying to rip our team apart, and TJ getting bought off to go here when he's the champ, and all these different things going on. And Clay is like the guy that slows things down and just went, let's go on a canoe. Let's go uh, on a bike ride. Like I, I, I remember getting in the car with him and going to the farmer's market with him and I was going through all sorts of stuff personally. And I was like getting anxious because he was going so slow in his car. And I'm used to like get my car and fucking go and go, 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 go. And he's just like, I'm like, dude, speed up, bro, speed up. And then I was thinking, it's Sunday. We're going to the farmer's market. Why do I need to go speed up? We went and did yoga. And then he's like, bro, let's go to the river and, and kayak. And I'm like, all right, we'll do it. And I'm like, dude, he came at the right time. He's like the, like the dude, zen, he's like zen, zen, like, zen chill huh? guy. Yeah, he's, he's like, a, goes to so many Grateful Dead and fish concerts. He's just laid back. Oh, he dude, he's, he's the best. So And, and, and Clay's, Clay and Chad are both 
great examples of what I've tried to preach and, and I get away from it sometimes because I get so ambitious and in the thick of things and, and trying to do more and this and that is just living a life that you enjoy. I feel like Cowboys Cerrone does a good job of that. Um, there's a couple other guys that I go, you know what, this guy's got it figured out and I've had it figured out and then you, you lose sight of it and then you, you, know, you have to recharge and, re, and, re, and replenish um, and Clay and, and, and Chad are both examples of that. Chad is like, is like Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky and you know, he could be down in the dumps or should be down in the dumps and he just pops right back up and, and Clay like will not, he will not step past relaxation mode unless he's in the, in the gym training. And we've got to talk to him too because he'll go out and like he'll do his big fight then he'll be on the road. And, and, and like at one point he was gone for like, like nine months and like Danny coach Castillo was finally like Guida you need to get your ass back in the gym if you want us to corner you dude and plays like oh I can't, I'm coming back man I've been I've been running I've been doing this and I've been training here and training there and come back and sure enough he's in great shape and and ready to make these big gains so um yeah it's it's a pleasure to have both those guys in the gym and just friends for a long time and those guys fought each other too it's funny the way the fight yeah. fight world is we've been friends forever sometimes foes you know but at the end of the day like energy finds these finds each other and, and and you know feeds off each other so knowing that he's that laid back and can go 17 miles an hour on the way to a farmer's market to get <laughs> apples on a sunday when you watch that fight against sanchez do you sit there and go good night like that is what fighting is all about right like does yeah. that define what this gym is now like is that something that you could show your fighters on your big screen out there on the gym floor and say look man this is perseverance. This is knowing that you, that what you got to do next, never giving up. I mean, the life lessons that these fights can teach you if you break it down to what, how you should live your life. Yes. Yeah. Is, is that something that makes you go, damn it, man, that is, that is exactly what this country needs right now is that kind of mentality of never giving up. And there's a quote out here by Oprah Winfrey that's written on your wall of do what you have to do until you can do what you want to do. Yeah. And Clay does what the hell he wants to do. Yeah. And he, when you watch that fight, you're like, where's the hell's the guy that was going 14 to go get apples, <laughs> yeah. right? It's, that's, it's crazy to me that he can turn it on like that because that fight was on a different level. Yeah, that was, and, and Clay's been known for that. I mean, one of the best lessons that I get from Clay's fights is the experience that he has leading up to it and in it. He's like made a mental note and a mental switch that he is going to have a great friggin' time. Like he's the rock star and he's going to do it. He's going to enjoy the walkout and he's going to like feel the music and he's going to go 15 minutes hard. And, 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 and at the end of the day, win, lose or draw, he's going to leave it all out there. And so, uh, watching some of his fights and that one, especially I, I feel like, you know, maybe could have fought a little bit smarter, but I'll take a guy that has lays it all on the line, that's accepted fa- fatigue and invited it, that has accepted a battle and invited it um, over like the most technical guy that'll lose because he's trying to think too much, etc. And that was an instinctual fight, and and Clay's had some good ones, and he's getting he's getting a lot better. And that he and I just talked about that. I said, you know, it's wild to watch some of my old fights and some of my best fights. Uh, and to see the difference of, of how my technique has changed, even though it's the same mentality, and, and we keep adding, and Clay, Clay agreed. It's like, yeah, if you're going to continue to do something for you know, 
this much longer, this much longer, this much longer, and you're doing it with the right people, you're going to get better. It's just going to happen. So then just tell me in layman's terms, though, when you watch a fight like that, is it something that is it something that comes out that night in a fight to where it's a no holds barred type of attitude to where it, it was kind of like the Henderson Hua fight, the Shogun Hua fight is that it was like, you can't pick a winner really. It's almost impossible. But the, the lessons that come off of that, what do you tell your fighters, Uriah, if you show them that and you have a pointer and yeah. you're pointing at Guida and, and Diego, what, what do you say in a fight like that? Is that how it's supposed to be done? Or is that the way you're supposed to, to wake up for a fight? I'm just trying to get somewhere in your head of how do you know that something like that can happen? Because that's 20, was it 15 minutes or 25 minutes? That was a uh, 15 minute, I think. Of pure hell. Yeah. So is, it, is that a fight that you can, you know, teach your, teach your fighters, your up and coming fighters? And even a guy like yourself, do you look at a fight like that going into your comeback fight in a couple of weeks and go, hey, this is what fighting's all about. That's what life is all about because life is just as hard as a fight. <laughs> That's it's, it. In a lot of different ways. Yeah. No, definitely. And, and, um, and you can break it apart too. It's, it's sure there's some adversity within a fight like that. Um, it's two guys that believe in themselves. It's, it's two guys that are truly enjoying the moment and not worrying about, uh, you know, the, the, the incremental things like your personal health and your body, um, which you have to have with this, this fight game. But the thing that I I really like about Guida that I can take to my guys as a, as a lesson, as a hall of fame fight is the difference between training and a fight. Guida is somebody that always brings a effort into into training, but he doesn't have an ego. That means he can try new stuff. If he feels like he's in a in a position where it might get hairy for himself or the other guy, he'll either let up or he'll tap early, you know, just to just to keep the the momentum and keep the 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 progress of the training going. But when he gets into a fight, the pride is there, the the not giving an inch is there. And that's why you'll see a guy like, like Clay that, you know, guys, guys come in here in the room and be like, oh, man, I think I could beat Clay. But you get him in the ring and it's not going to happen. <laughs> why, though? Like, what is, when you see somebody, like, when you say that it's not going to happen? It's a mentality. It's a switch. It's a decision. And, and he's just got it to where he can go on a nine month road trip and go to every fish concert known to man, go fishing in Florida, wherever he, I mean, I think he fought BJ Penn and he was on a boat like an hour later after he beat BJ <laughs> yeah, in Brazil, sure. right? I'm like, yeah. what the hell's going on? Yeah. And, and, uh, so is it, is it one thing, is it something that Guida brings to your team of that laid back? I love the way you put it is that it's the amount of humility that the man has. Yeah. He can talk to anybody at any given time, whether it's a six year old wrestler in Chicago or, you know, his, his hall of fame in, induction speech in a couple of weeks, he's just got that kind of attitude. Yeah. Now I, I think, I think it needs, and it's like, it's the alpha male thing. Like, an alpha male doesn't need to scream and bash people's heads in. He's kind to other people and, and knows that he's got it, you know. And and that's that's uh, that's something that you can that you can point to in those type of situations. And and that means being a good training partner, but that also means being a tough sob. No matter what happens in a fight, you're gonna be, you know, you're gonna be hell to deal with, and and you're not gonna give an inch, and, and you will not accept. Uh, you know, somebody besting you as long as you have an effort and energy to go forward. And, and so th- those are the kind of lessons, absolutely, that, that you can 
that you can bring to the next level and and uh and then you don't have to have an ego that's those are the guys that never get in fist fights on the street they'll just back down hey man i, don't, I got nothing to prove you know yeah. let's, go, let's go see a concert <laughs> yeah <man. You're> like, <laughs> we all know uriah's got his comeback fight coming up the week of uh, july 14th sacramento california and he is the california kid we're so humbled to be able to sit down with him here at this life ain't for everybody podcast and he's as real as they get guys humble as they get he's a trailblazer from what he did in the king of the cage the wec his days in the ufc his induction into the ufc hall of fame and now he's back he couldn't stand it after a few grappling matches he's getting back in there to battle in the mma world again uriah Faber, the california kid he's talking about clay guida the carpenter and uh uriah had to get up and go ufc was in town filming for media day for some upcoming uh content that they're going to be promoting his upcoming fight with he had to jet in a hurry as soon as he got the text and clay was transitioning into the studio there and we were actually in the studio where uriah does his cali kid podcast so clay sits down chad mendez joins us i hope you guys enjoy this but these guys are unbelievable human beings thank you uriah for letting us come down to uriah favors ultimate fitness in sacramento california team alpha male it's the home of team alpha male and boy do they have some awesome fighters male and female guys getting into their heyday guys just starting their careers I love being in that gym and just seeing the passion and the love and the respect that they all have for each other. So hope you all enjoy. These guys are on a different level, like I said before. Thank you all very much for listening. What you gonna do when the money's all gone? Say life on earth won't last that long. What you gonna do when the money's all gone?